Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. And, you know, obviously the, the nightclubs and the nightlife has pretty much been closed. But there's always a discussion that goes on around uh, uh the drug trade and whether or not we should be looking into the future to legalize drugs or keep them illegal and it's always a bit of a that was a bit of a contentious issue yeah it definitely is and i think we kind of grew up with alcohol and that was our the drug that we were used to i guess and even you know as a teenager when you turn 18 it's nearly like the done thing to have a drink and to celebrate with a drink but i think things have changed in the last 10 years that i've seen and it's more drugs that are going around, that you're hearing more about, that, you know, teenagers are now more prone to taking a drug than they probably would have when we were kind of teenagers, I guess. Um, Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I have always been told it's a terrible thing. It's really bad. It's way worse than drinking. Very, very bad. And like for as long as we can remember, most drugs, especially in this country anyway, have been... uh, have been banned. There was the head shops there a few years ago that popped up in this weird legal grey area that were selling certain drugs which got shut down and which got banned. But you can listen. Let us know your thoughts on the whole war on drugs because it's a it's a it's a it's a complicated one and it needs a lot more than just a, a discussion on room one hundred four this evening to to answer that question. But listen, joining us from Vice this evening, he's the editor in chief, and they've been exploring the war on drugs and its implications that it's had, and maybe some of the pros or cons and. Has it ultimately worked over the last number of years? And we're uh, to talk about that and to talk about one of their recent episodes as well, which we came across about a very weird drug that was legal here up until, I think, 2010. Legal to buy this online and you could use it and there was no problems whatsoever. We're well, delighted to welcome onto the show this evening, Jamie Clifton. Jamie, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, very good. There's always uh, two sides to the war on drugs debate. The one side is we need uh, tougher rules and regulations so that people are deterred from doing it in the first place. And then the other side side is to maybe look at easing laws, legalizing it so you can regulate it and maybe try and keep it safer and, you know, use the tax uh, the tax dollars to try and fund drug rehab and stuff like that. Um, in your series, The War on Drugs, have you come down on any particular side? Well, I mean, we've kind of looked at how since the introduction of The War on Drugs in uh, 1970s by uh, Nixon, it, I mean, really has caused more harms than it sold. You know, it tends to... With, with drugs being illegal, um, people are going to continue doing drugs no matter what the law is. We see that constantly, you know, like drug use continues to rise despite this international war on drugs. 
So the sort of the angle of the series and what we're really looking at is how the failures of legislation and how, in many cases, decriminalization or rehabilitation is better for both users and sort of wider society. What I was really surprised about when I was watching the documentaries was that these drugs are now being sold on social media platforms like Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, drugs are more accessible than they've ever been, stronger than they've ever been in many cases. But the line from multiple governments is the same. It's just like, you know, don't take drugs. They will kill you. What we need really is proper harm reduction advice and in an ideal world, some sort of legislative change to to really address it. Because otherwise, you know, kids are going to continue taking drugs as they always have, but without any proper information. And that's what leads to hospitalizations and deaths, etc. Yeah, we've chatted to... People before, like Professor David Nutt, who I'm sure you're aware of the work um, and his positions, and other people who are running drug testing facilities at music festivals, where you know it's a, where they give you an amnesty to come in and test the drugs that you might be thinking of taking and seeing whether they claim you know the ingredients are what they say they are, or you're going to yeah. be eating rat poison and you might wind yeah. up dying. So, like, if you were in charge, like if you were a, a, if you were God and you had a magic wand and you could change the rules around drugs, whether it be it in Britain or over here, what do you think needs to happen first and foremost? Big question. I mean, I think the criminalised possession. You know, we looked. One of our episodes is about um, the Philippines drug policy versus Portugal's drug policy. Um, yeah. In, in the Philippines, you know, Duterte has basically sanctioned the killing of anyone suspected to be a drug user, which is. Obviously not the most ideal way of dealing with the issue, whereas Portugal, they decriminalise drug possession. Uh, Portugal used to have the worst heroin problem in Europe. Uh, they decriminalised drug possession and the heroin problem plummeted. It's been good for you know the general health of the population, um, kept prison numbers down. So I think, I mean, I think the first step would be, personally, this is me saying this, decriminalisation um, of possession of drugs. Um, after that, it gets you know very messy, and there's lots of lots of contrasting opinions about you know full legalisation. But you just have to look at um, the legal weed market in Canada and certain US states, which has been you know boon to the economy there. And as I said before, people are going to continue using drugs like cannabis regardless of the laws. So why not adapt and you know legitimise the industry, be able to sell properly regulated and sanctioned products to people that isn't going to harm their health and it benefits the economy. To me, that seems like a win-win. Obviously, I'd say it gets a bit messier when you get into harder drugs, but um, that's a question for drug think tanks, I think. Yeah, is there a safe way to take a drug? Because, uh, you know, with alcohol, I often think that obviously it's just as dangerous as a lot of these drugs, but, you mm. know, you can kind of take you know, take one drink if you want and stop there. But when you take a tablet or you you snort cocaine, you don't really know how your body's going to react to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a safe way to take any drugs, but going back to what you mentioned, the that drug testing company, the Loop, their um, their advice is always, you know, like, uh, I can't remember what the, the slogan is. I think it's, don't be daft, take a half. Talking about ecstasy or um, something else involving water. Drink water when you've when you've taken pills. Always buddy up. You know there are there are safer ways to take drugs. I don't think it's ever going to be completely safe in much the same way as alcohol. But the point is, this information isn't being widely disseminated um, when it needs to be. 
Yeah, it's a, as I said, it's a complicated one and, you know, decriminalisation might be the first step and I think a lot of, just to clarify again, a lot of people suddenly think when you say decriminalisation, you're like, oh, you want to give drugs to kids. It's like, no, it's just, yeah. you're, you're not going to be sent to prison for having a exactly. personal amount exactly. of, of drugs on yeah, you. You're not you know, obviously looking to put it in shops and sell it with your hot chicken roll. You're like, I'll have some hot chicken roll and a kilo of cocaine. No, that's not kind of uh, what <laughs> exactly. you're looking at. But this and is, that's not um, the case. And, you know, so many young lives have been ruined for, um, you know, fairly minor non-violent um, drug possession offences and people get caught up in the system and then that's going to affect them for the rest of their life and that in my opinion doesn't need to be the case yeah 100 percent. so when you're looking at one of the episodes we looked at was a beautiful title by the way it said the drug that makes you reek of cat piss and uh search <laughs> is a big cat fan but i don't know if you'd be a fan of smelling like um cat wee wee but it's this there drug. is nothing in this world <laughs> worse than the smell of cat piss uh, yeah, I, think, I think we can all 100% agree on that and that should be outlawed we'll criminalise the smell of that and work from there but it was this drug called uh, mephedrone mm-hmm. and it was legal here as well in the head shops for ages and I think was it a couple of years ago where when we were changing part of our constitution or laws into Irish we accidentally made all drugs legal for 24 hours that. straight I remember yeah. that yeah we, we it, covered it Actually, we sent a reporter out for, for the night <laughs> yeah. that, that was happening. It was a big interesting, night. interesting yeah. time to be uh, to, to be living in Dublin. But this drug, what's the story behind this drug, and how? Because again, it's a recent enough drug, only really made illegal here about ten years ago. And yeah. Online, like Sirsha mentioned as well. Like, how did this drug come to the market, for want of a better word? Well, it was one of those. You know, it was one of many drugs that head shops sold uh, that just happened to catch on. I think because it was a stimulant, and at the time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 2007 to 2009 ish. There was a big cocaine and ecstasy drought, or um, you know, the purity of those drugs had gone down. And this drug produced many of the same effects, and it was legal to buy either in head shops. Um, and obviously word just caught on mostly among students at first, I think, and its popularity just skyrocketed. And it took the government a little while to do something about it, but that's eventually what led to um, the 2016 drugs bill, which banned all psychoactive substances. But yeah, I mean, it just, it kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Just to become this huge sort of cultural behemoth almost. And I think it affected a lot of people in fairly bad ways and then just disappeared again. Um, I think it's still, still used by you know certain groups but yeah it seems to have kind of boomed and busted very soon fairly quickly if i remember correctly i think in the head shops it was kind of sold as plant food yeah mm. yeah the same way the poppers are sold as room odorized um you know it said not for human consumption but i think everyone could read between the lines on that but it was um and then it was also the big kind of media uh, furor around it. It was the male or the son started calling it meow meow, and then it became this evil drug, which in many ways it was. I think it was very Moorish, one of the better words. But yeah, it just yeah it came out came out of nowhere, and it was just a sort of perfect storm of like I said the uh, the ecstasy drought, its legality and its accessibility. That just led to it going massive for a couple of years. Yeah, the, the plant food, all of a sudden there was, you know, 18, 19 year old college students big into botany out of nowhere. It's like we're all there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. We're all getting into our, our back gardens. But what, what did it do? Like, what was the high like? What, what did that effect have on the brain with that drug? Um, well, I'm told it was similar to cocaine and speed in that it, it, it kept you up for a long time. And I think it was, um, I think it had some other sort of euphoric effects. Uh, MDMA and I remember I was at uni actually when it first sort of came out I remember the big thing that everyone was saying is that it had no come down which I'm not sure is true but um, so I think those were the yeah those were the kind of key things about it and was that the first kind of drug the first internet drug 
that suddenly kind of got out of control and people could just buy it anywhere? Yeah, I mean, to my knowledge, I think so. And obviously what followed that was the advent of the dark web, which we touch on again in that Methadrone episode about how, you know, people could just order this stuff off um, multiple websites and it sort of opened the doors to uh, being able to buy literally anything online now on the dark web, you know, whether it's cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, Methadrone still. I'm sure. I've seen, I mean, before I think the, the Silk Road was one of the main websites on the dark web for selling all this stuff and has since been, uh, I think, shut down and the guys involved with it, I think, arrested. But there was some yeah. crazy stories behind that website anyway. But I, I remember like you talk about the dark web, a hell of a lot of stuff uh, can take place there. But I, I remember even seeing there's, there's websites where you can, now, this is what they say, you can hire assassins for, you know, mm-hmm. pay them via Bitcoin and stuff. And I, I, it just, it the, it's insane I think it's people a, aren't aware of the underworld. Yeah, yeah. And it's all there. Um, and I think these, again, it's kind of like drug prohibition. You know, it's, uh, authorities will shut them down in the same way that they'll ban a certain drug. And with drugs, they'll just tweak, well, with methadone at least, um, and many of those legal highs, they just tweak the formula so it became legal again. And in on the dark web, they'll just launch a new market to sell drugs again. It's just a game of whack-a-mole. And this is kind of, again, to come back to the point of the series, what we're trying to say is that, you know, ultimately a lot of these battles in the war on drugs are kind of futile because people aren't going to stop doing drugs. There's a lot of money to be made. Um, so something needs to change about the way they're, they're pleased. And do you see it changing in the n- near future? Uh, I mean... I don't, especially not in um, the UK and Ireland. No, I mean, you know, Canada, I think Canada have legalised psilocybin, magic mushrooms and weed, but obviously those are, you know, fairly low-key drugs compared to some of the other ones we're talking about. So it's going to take a big, I mean, I think courage from politicians to address it. It's not a vote-winning issue to say we're going to decriminalise all drugs. It's going to put a lot of voters off, so it's going to need um, someone with some balls to really do it. I mean, Portugal, again, Portugal is a great example of uh, the decriminalization of drugs and possession of drugs in the long run actually working out for the best. So the evidence is there, but it's, it's going to take it's going to take uh, a politician with some balls. And, you know, to, to somebody listening to this who might be kind of yeah, in completely the other camp and would listen to this and say, if you kind of decriminalize and you move towards legalization of a lot of these drugs and if you're going to try and make it slightly easier to access certain drugs, um, is that potentially not risky as well like could that not increase the harm that's done on a social um social scale with more people trying drugs maybe more people having a bad reaction to it and more people getting addicted and all the negative side effects that can come from drug use yeah i mean that is a a fair argument um i guess the counter argument would be that at least this stuff is regulated you know what's going into it it's not going to be cut with a bunch of horrible stuff. And to go back to the loop again, you know, when you go into their tents at festivals, they give you personalized one-on-one harm reduction advice. So it kind of it kind of mitigates some of that. But yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier, it's a, you know, it's a huge and very messy issue. But I think, yeah, the first step would be decriminalizing possession and then working out where to go from there. Um, true, we're going to have, uh, you know, homegrown organic drugs soon, readily available, <laughs> guaranteed Irish uh, hemp. <laughs> For you to, to consume and try. But uh, Jamie Clifton from Vices, um, he's the editor-in-chief over there, but it done a very interesting series if you want to check it out. It's the War on Drugs series up on their YouTube and up on their website. Highly recommend you go have a look at it. Also, drugs.ie uh, for all the information that you need regarding that, regarding the legalities. And, uh, you know, never do drugs because you will get pregnant and die. That is the message that we always stand by here on Room 104. But, uh, Jamie, before we let you go, uh, do you have any uh, your social media handles on Instagram or Twitter or anything? Give a quick shout-out before we let you go. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to plug the next episode of the War on Drugs show, which is 
uh, out on Tuesday at 8 p.m. on YouTube about what happens when you take out a drug boss. So head Lovely. to Vice YouTube to check that out. What happens when you take out a drug boss? Sounds interesting. We'll mark it down. But listen, uh, Jamie Clifton from the War on Drugs series over on Vice. Thanks a million for popping on FM 104. My pleasure. Thank you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.